Hi, this is Lindsay Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview podcast on December 14, brought to you by the Jim Daly Fitness and Aquatic Center. The People's Fitness Center. That's right. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about the state's new plan for its controversial Medicaid work reporting rule and shady and consequential doings in the Little Rock School District. And who knows, maybe some more. I'm joined, uh, as not so usual lately, uh, he's back. This time, Max Brantley. Hello. So, the state DHS announced it would open a telephone helpline for the Medicaid beneficiaries that it requires to report work hours. The work requirement had previously been only available via a web portal. Uh, DHS also said it it would buy advertising to better inform the public. Probably not with us. (laughs) I would would guess, just, just if history is any guide. Well, Governor Asa Hutchinson said this should not be taken as any repudiation of his past statements as the system worked perfectly and that people weren't being unfairly dropped off the system, those 12,000 who went away. Either they found jobs or moved or, or were just too sorry to do the reporting. Well, <clears throat> however, there had been signs both from the federal government and, then, and in widespread national publicity, not to mention the pending lawsuit, that this system does, just wasn't working. Uh, first of all, a lot of people didn't know about the new work rule. Second of all, this online porting re- portal requirement was just was just a real headache. Uh, there are a lot of people that don't have computers. They don't have smartphones. They don't have Internet access. They don't have cars. They just don't have the wherewithal to do the reporting. And, 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 and also... It was one thing when you had the insurance and it just kept going, but you, you, you find out you've got a problem when you need it most. And, and so that's another factor in, in medical insurance, I think, is say there is a work requirement that exists for food stamps already that doesn't seem to cause the same problems. Well, so now, and, and by the way, the, the defenders of this system say, oh, it's not fair to say it was online-only requirement. Well, it is an online-only requirement. However, insurance companies had done what the state had not done, which is staffed up people to try and help people sign up as they were supposed to do because the insurance company, of course, wanted the premiums. There were some other help provided. You could call in uh, to the Arkansas Foundation for Medical Care and get some help from them. But now the state says, okay, we will take your phone calls and, and help you do the fill-in and get signed up for this. And not only will we do that, but we're going to do so from 7 in the morning till 9 at night, uh, seven days a week. To me, this is an acknowledgment they screwed up. Uh, I mean, that's I, I don't see how you can view it as any other way. Of course, they're not going to admit that. Of course, they're saying this is just fine-tuning an excellent program. The bottom line is, is I don't think this necessarily will help that much. Uh, you're going to have to talk to somebody getting a, that getting through these phone lines they haven't staffed up appreciably to handle this getting through these phone lines is hard uh I, the 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 lawyer who's filed this lawsuit has some skepticism whether this will help and have to help a little bit but not much the problem is still the work requirement we're still targeting a, a market there that is just not as savvy access wise and and just has a hard time I, I it was a joke for example that they would say well you know you can drive to a county office and they'll help you fill this out well if you live in felsendahl arkansas down in the in the washita river bottoms and don't own a car the notion of driving to El Dorado to get this done if you presumably knew about it and it was hard to notify these people because their addresses change their phone numbers go away 
uh, you know, you might as well say say report to Vladivostok to get help on filing. It's just yeah. the, the 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 lack of empathy on the part of the state of Arkansas in implementing this is clear. Unless you believe it's not a lack of empathy, but it's it's intentional malice. I mean, Republicans don't want to pay for helping poor people. They, they, I mean, that's just a fact of the matter. I mean, they've they've cut back now on a, a home health care for people who stay out of nursing homes by getting home health aid assistance. They're cutting back on expenditures of the transportation that takes these people without cars to their medical appointments. Uh, they've put in co-pays. They want to still raise the income limit. I don't think we're done doing this. This is just... This is just the the view of of the of the controlling class in Arkansas that poor people are just undeserving of help. Although they're all good Christians, you understand, they just miss the beatitudes, I guess. But uh, not to worry, there's a big tax cut coming for the millionaires. There you go. Yeah, I think money is clearly a big part of this. And Cindy Gillespie, the director of DHS, admitted in the early going, we're not going to do a lot of outreach. We're going to do the online thing because it would cost a ton of money. Yeah, they're trying to cut spending on Medicaid to to, although seventy or eighty percent of it comes from the federal government, uh, to save more money to cut taxes for millionaires. Right, but by uh, I meant they're adding this layer of bureaucracy uh, to to Medicaid with the work reporting, but not spending any money to. Save well, no, I mean they added bureaucracy for the recipients, but right. not, but not for the, not for the state. Not for the state, right? And speaking of bureaucracy, DHS is a is a vast one, and anyone who's dealt with it knows that customer service maybe is not its forte. So, even with the phone or going to your county office, it's not a clean matter. Oh no, no, it's it's incredibly hard, and and. And DHS has kind of established an attitude over the years that they know best. They're famous for defying court orders and child protective cases. Uh, I know Alan Clark has some legislation on file this year that's that's meant basically as some retaliation at DHS because of what he thinks was mishandling of child abuse cases. I mean, that's a whole other argument and debate, and it's not purely one-sided, but but there's just it has not ever been viewed as the most people friendly agency in government although again in their defense DHS deals with the toughest cases they deal not just with the poorest people but some of the most dysfunctional and sickest and hardest to care for families they don't pay their people a lot and and frustration runs high and so I don't want to be wholly unsympathetic to DHS because they uh they have hard cases. Sure. All right. Well, let's let's move on and talk about our sponsor, Jim Daly Fitness and Aquatics Center. As you say, the people's gym. You will find everyone there. Every, every walk of life. I try to go two or three times a week. Uh, I'm more successful sometimes than others. Uh, great and great new equipment there, new, uh, new weight machines, new cardio machines. Uh, there's a nice little 16-lap walking track. There's a great indoor pool and in the warm weather, an outdoor pool. And, and it's just everybody, young, old, black, white, of just of every description. And uh, so you don't, you don't feel like you've got a posture when you head down to the, to the Daily Fitness Center. And pretty good deal. Yeah, you can for five bucks. You can go down and and try it for one day, or or three dollars if you're sixty two and over. In fact, they've substantially reduced the yearly rate for old 
fogies like me, it's like 150 a year. Well, well I think it's 300 a year. Uh, but there's a senior discount. I think that's the senior discount, unless I'm looking at at an older thing. Senior household of two is only 480. Yeah, so 240 a person. Well, I, I thought they'd reduce. I, I I paid 300 the last time, but I thought they'd posted some new rate. In any event, that's uh, you know that's twenty dollars a month or so for a, for a couple, and that's as many days as you want to go, as much iron pumping as you want to do. Yeah, we'll check it out. It's right there by War Memorial Stadium, by the way. If you didn't know, it's it's right off the Mills Freeway, easy to get to, and there's a hospital close by. <laughs> <laughs> if you overexert if you yourself. Overexert yourself. All right, Jim Daly Fitness and Aquatic Center. Check them out. You can find them on Facebook and on the web. It was a momentous week for Little Rock School District. Superintendent Michael Poor released a blueprint for closing and repurposing facilities in the coming years. And Education Commissioner Johnny Key and members of the State Board of Education, including Diane Zook, attempted to sneak in sweeping proposals to change the district without public notice. Zook ultimately revealed her plans and and told Poor he might want to hold off on his blueprint. Amazing. I mean, amazing. After all of this series of public meetings and debate, Michael Poor releases his blueprint for the district, and it's it's pretty ambitious, and, and that's a, a, a whole story in itself about whether he can deliver all these things. There's a new Southwest High School, of course, but six schools would be combo- closed and then combined into two new K-8 schools, one where McClellan High is now, it'd be torn down, and one where J.A. Fair is, cha- trying to change over Hall High School from to a more high-end academy that they hope will be fed by the Forest Heights uh, STEM Academy, which has been pretty successful, and sort of a split the baby in half out in for a new high school in Northwest uh, Little Rock by adding a ninth grade at Pinnacle View Medical School and continuing to study whether to expand that into a full-fledged high school. That's a very expensive and difficult proposition. Well, all, all, and talking about him expanding pre-K coverage and $300 million in building facilities needs and lots more stuff. And then two days later, at this school board meeting where, thanks to our reporting, some members of the public got an early hint that they were planning some sweeping stuff, at least in terms of suspension of state laws on teacher fair dismissal. Diane Zook, who's just had a mad on at Little Rock, and she used to work there, by the way, for years, just went off on a stem winder of a prepared speech about all of the ways in which the Little Rock School District needed to be changed and that uh, Michael Poor better put off on his plans because she had other ideas in mind. I mean, she's just one member of the school board and has been in charge of this district for four years, by the way, and thinks it's failed, but thinks it's somehow the teacher's fault or Michael Poor's fault or somebody's fault, not her own. But among the things she talked about was not just firing these sorry teachers. She she thinks the system is just overrun with deadbeat teachers. But also she clearly wants to fire a lot of administrators. Uh, she's not sure she accepts the plan for restructuring Hall High School. I, I'm sure she's helping the interest of her nephew, Gary Newton, who's a $230,000 a year lobbyist for the Walton interest, who's been pushing hard to create a a new whole new high school out in far west, the far western part of the city to complement the Roberts Elementary and Pinnacle View Middle School. And so the heavily white upscale neighborhood there doesn't have to consider any other district in the school to go to high school. 
Uh, I mean, that's, it's hard for me not to see There's, that he's not feeding information and she, him, and vice versa. But it was a really, uh, you know, strident speech by Zook. It just, and it just, I thought, I want to say, who are you to take over the Little What, do you want to be superintendent of the Little Rock School District? It was a front to Michael Poor, who's tried pretty hard, I have to say. The district is losing students. And, I mean, there's a problem. I, 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 ha- I happen to be very pessimistic in, about the fact that whether the district has just reached a tipping point where it's just a matter of time before the Waltons move to charterization of the districts, maybe some remnant white Northwest Arkansas school, I mean, Northwest Little Rock school district for the favored few and then charterize everything else. I don't know what, but it's bad. And in, in that regard, I reported this morning about a piece of legislation filed by Republican Jim Sorvillo that would preserve the ability of expanding the Little Rock School Board to nine seats from seven. That is, if it's ever reconstituted, which when that's going to happen remains a large question that Johnny Key has not yet honestly answered. Uh, But the thought being, and Joyce Elliott says to me, that the idea of creating more board seats, stacking the board, she views it as an attempt to to make sure there won't be a majority black school district, uh, school board in the future. I think that the, still, the Little Rock School District itself, because it's smaller than the city of Little Rock, is pretty close to majority black, if not majority black. But there's a, a historical fact in Little Rock that the black community has not voted in proportion to its population. Part of that is because there are a lot of disqualified males who who can't vote. Uh, but but that I think that's I think that's a reasonable thought that that's what this is about. Nonetheless, I, I don't know what other reason he would have for doing it, but we still don't know when there's going to be a new school board. Right. Yeah. Uh, there was uh, in a previous board meeting, uh, uh, an attorney had said uh, the district has to be returned by 2020, which would mean elections in 2019. Um, some some movement would have to start on that really soon. And, and as yet, the board has done nothing, and the, the fear is. There's, there's this movement in the Republican political cadre that says you should only have school board elections and general elections in November. And, of course, there aren't any scheduled in 2019. So there's a great suspicion that Johnny Key wants to finagle this to put off a vote in Little Rock until 2020 in November specifically, which will be a, a, a general election year, and that's the the theory being that the right kind of voters can call the shots in general elections rather than strictly school district voters. Well, yeah, I, that if the if the state can only control it for five years, I don't see how all of a sudden it can keep it for six. At which that which that would do, and I I, I would think somebody would go to court if they set out on a, a path to delay that election until almost six years after the district takeover. But I don't know. I mean, Little Rock has been treated differently, and it, it clearly has no fans. And, and you have to remember the background is is that Little Rock in Pulaski County voted overwhelmingly against Asa Hutchinson's reelection. So there's no, there's no love loss on this community. He's happy to punish Little Rock. We should talk a little bit more about just how galling it was for Zook and Key and other education department officials to try to squeeze this in. This None of the proposals that we've just talked about were listed in the board's agenda. It, the, and I asked repeatedly about them and was told what's on the agenda is what's, that's what you know. And that was nothing. Yeah, I mean, the only, the only reason that, that any 
number of the public were there came from our FOIA request. Right. I finally dislodged a handwritten piece of paper from Johnny Key about the teacher fair dismissal law in Pine Bluff, but there was there still, as of the board meeting, there was nothing about Diane Zook's plans to not only what the teacher fair dismissal law, but to take over the Little Rock School District. And a few members of the board seem to have some reluctance to vote with such little notice on doing it, so they put it off till next week. I don't think that'll change the outcome because I think this board is controlled by the governor and they're going to rubber stamp for the most part what, what Johnny Key wants, and what he wants is to screw the Little Rock School District. And for anyone who's doubted the conspiracy afoot here, if you look back to uh, this issue that we talk, talked about starting in October when the commissioner came in and said he wouldn't uh, agree to a contract between Literac teachers and the district unless this language was inserted to allow him to waive the Teacher Fair Dismissal Act in schools that earned a D or F rating. And and Key said, you know, we're going to just, I just envision using it in these district in these schools. They're the ones that need it. We'd use it like a scalpel. Yeah, right. And, I mean. and then all of a sudden, it's the <clears throat> entire district. The, 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 the actions of the State Board of Education and the State Education Department of Little Rock are filled with animus. They're filled with secrecy. They're filled with a lack of accountability and absolutely no sense of shame about it, frankly. I mean, it's, I mean there's just an anger on the part of the board. We've seen it before in Brett Williamson. We see it repeatedly in Diane Zook. We see it. In, in Johnny Key's response to our questions about what he's doing, it's like, we're going to do this and you can shut up. And Zook's, Zook explained in her sort of long uh, speech on all that she wanted to do, she said, you know, we've had, we've had two governors over the course of time when we were considering this takeover and, and two superintendents and two commissioners, and we just wanted to give everybody time to get their feet wet. But... So well, that's why we haven't acted. But well, now is the time. The, the, the other really unfair thing about this is we're in a posture here more or less repeating their broader argument, which is the Little Rock School District is a failure. And we have to remember it was taken over by, by the state because of scores in six of 48 schools, not 48 schools. Uh, we have to remember that the district is 70%. It's... 82% minority. It's uh, more than 70% impoverished. These are demographic groups that have failed universal improvement anywhere in the country, except without ex- exception of outlier examples. There are charter schools in Little Rock that do as bad or worse than the Little Rock School District that are not being held up as failures by the State Board of Education. There are school districts all over the state that are being held up, not being held up as failures for similar performance. And where Little Rock has its biggest problems are in its toughest to educate neighborhoods, neighborhoods with 90% to 100% poverty rates, full of homeless children, full of children who can't speak English, full of children from homes that, that face desperate social and health circumstances. And it's and, and, and it's if somehow it's the teacher's fault. That right. Well, and meanwhile, while the state has had control, it's, it is rapidly approved charter school expansion in, in the Literary School District, which has peeled away the— And which tend to, tends to peel away students who are succeeding. 
right more so than the others are because their parents have some some thought that this will be a better thing for them and so they move and it's uh i mean it's just self-defeating and it's it's terribly unfair and I, i think some of it is racially oriented because because of the demographics that exist in little rock and i don't know what the solution is really okay well on that cheery note let's move on to endorsements Oh, I said, I've started, I, last night I started watching the second season of Mrs. Maisel. Yeah, it's fun. And, well, the very first episode I thought, well, I don't know. I mean, but then then it's kind of getting into her uh, comment. This is, a, for those who don't know, is a is a, a, a Jewish housewife Amazon series set in the 60s and recreated beautifully through sets and costumes and that sort of thing of a woman who decides she wants to be a stand-up comic and kind of forms a friendship with Lenny Bruce and she's pretty funny. It's uh it's it's good. It's it's a good period piece and and as she started performing in some of the Borscht Belt hotels last night it was with a blue routine particularly. It was it was pretty good. All right, I got to check it out. Uh I I used to really pride myself in keeping up with all that was going on in contemporary music. But I've really fallen off in recent years. So I always look forward to end-of-the-year lists so I can find out things that I missed during the year. And uh, especially now that we have these music streaming services where you can actually listen to the lists as you're going through them. Uh, it's been fun this week, and I was particularly excited to discover the music of Tierra Wack, who's a Philadelphia uh, sort of multi-hyphenate R&B singer, rapper, uh just insanely creative, gifted lyricist. She's got an album called Whack World that is album length in terms of number of songs, 15 or 16, but all the songs are only a minute long. And they're all designed, it, it, she, she builds it as an audiovisual album or collection or something. And they all exist on Instagram as one minute Instagram videos. And that's the maximum that Instagram allows. Huh. And they're so weird and funny and uh, just really, it's just really fun to, to check out, uh, check it all out. The, the lyrics are, are often, um, well, it's just, there's a lot, there's a lot of really good pop hooks amid just intense weirdness. So check it out. Tierra Wack, T-I-E-R-R-A. W-H-A-C-K. Oh, I forgot something I want to say, that's, and this by way of an endorsement sort of on a political topic, is Jenny Blankenship of Arkansas Advocates for Children and Families made a comment at the State Board of Education meeting today that I really think is worth taking heed of, and it's about this rush to grant waivers from school laws for districts. And she wasn't talking specifically about Little Rock or Pine Bluff. She said there are now something like 7,500 waivers granted from state various state accountability laws, teacher fair dismissal, teacher licensure, teacher hours, teacher pay, facility, just there are thousands of things that districts are being waived from. And she made to me the very good point of this, which is that do we really need these laws if we're not going to enforce them? And if we're going to waive a law that has been proven by research to have positive benefits on children, why do we have them at all? And, and I mean, it, it could be some of these waivers, some of these laws we don't need, some of them I think we do, and, and, and they were passed not to help teachers, but to help students. And so I think we need to think real hard about, 
Do we really improve education by removing accountability and removing regulation? That's that's seems to be the driving theory of the moment, and I don't happen to share it. So I'm, I'm glad that we got an outfit like Arkansas Advocates that's out there looking for the least among us. Here, here. Yeah, in, in the discussion of the Palm Bluff School District of continuing to allow a waiver that uh, a waiver of teacher certification law, uh, a board member asked the Department of Ed, do you track whether teachers who aren't certified become certified? And they said no. And, they don't care. You know, I mean, it's kind of... I mean, do, do we think... I mean, in, it's a real simple question. Do we think we should only hire people who are, who are trained for the job they have or not? And and it seems to be the answer is not. Sure. So, okay, well, sorry, guys. Th- thanks for listening. Subscribe. I'm just mad about all that. Subscribe via iTunes. And get to the Jim Daly Fitness Center. Yeah. Uh, Spotify, we're all over the place. Work off that aggression. It's a good thing. I... A mile on the track yeah, and pumping some iron, it, you, it makes your cares go away <laughs> for a minute. All right. We'll be back.